good morning. Um, so my name is Wesley, and um, I used to be one of the pastors here this morning. And uh, for some reason, Luke texted me, and he was like, it's really important that you follow on from that video and talk about hearing God. So I was just I was, I was wondering if there was anyone who tried to burn their bush recently to hear from God. Nope. Okay, so we don't have to address that, that that's not how you hear from God. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure because he seemed really stressed about it, and I was like, oh, no, did something happen? Um, so I'm really glad we don't have to go through that this morning, but I'm so glad to be here with you all. Uh, Irene and myself drove down yesterday with our puppy, because uh, last time we came down, we were here a month ago, and we decided to leave our puppy behind, and it was bad weather. Uh, is that better? Um, and uh, anyways, so uh, she did terribly. It was a nightmare. She got diarrhea in the bed and uh, just threw up everywhere, wasn't eating. So that was a really great lesson. This dog is like our child. And so now this time we're bringing her with. And so she came down with us. And uh, yeah, so we, we are so glad to be with you this morning. I asked Luke why he was in uh, Houston. I know he said it's for church planning, but just to let you know, he told me it was fishing. So... Um, I just want to hear, well, technically he said fishing, dot, 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 and Jesus. So, I said good luck trying to fish in Houston. I know what that water and weather is like. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really uh, glad to be with you guys this morning. Uh, there's been a lot of changes in this place since we were, since I last preached. Last time I preached was in August of last year, and we were meeting in Cone Grove Park. I'm trying to get rid of that. Um, uh, Cone Grove Park, and then I came in and I saw that there's a cafe now, and that we repainted some stuff, and that we have paper cups now. I just want to let you guys know how big of a deal that is. Um, For those of you who don't know, that we used to have ceramic cups, and it resulted in about over a thousand hours of volunteer service cleaning those cups after every Sunday service. And I will have you know, I tried to stage a coup one year when Luke was gone, and we tried to implement paper cups without him knowing. Because if you'll notice, there's always one thing a pastor is adamant about in the church, and for some reason, ceramic cups was that for Luke. So, um, I really appreciate all the changes that have happened. I love them. Uh, And this morning, we're going to be talking about prophecy, which I'm also really excited about. You guys have been going through the series Hearing God, and should I use the other mic? Okay, it's bad. All right, how's that? Much better. Okay, so uh, yeah, we're gonna go. Th- we've been going through, or you have been going through, hearing God, and uh, Luke touched a bit on that last weekend, and uh, this morning we're gonna take a deeper dive into um, what prophecy looks like. Um, But before we get started off, I would just like to pray. Uh, So Jesus, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Thank you for filling this place with your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here with us. And we want to welcome you into this place. I ask that you use me this morning, that you plant seeds in people's hearts that will just lead them to flourish in your kingdom. We ask that your kingdom come this morning. And we just ask that you speak to every single one of us individually and as a family, that we become unified through your spirit, that we leave encouraged, that we leave it strengthened, and that we leave comfortable.
that you are Lord and that we can put our trust in you. And we thank you in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, so uh, we're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians 14, 1 to 5 this morning. And it says, Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you'll be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You'll be, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. And so Paul is actually being really clear with us. And he's actually being, um, he's pretty adamant about how prophecy is actually good for us. Um, And the most distinguishing feature of that is how prophecy is for other people. Speaking in tongues, he says, is for us. But actually, when it comes to prophecy, we're actually thinking about other people. We're thinking about someone else or a community. But, um, you know, when we look at prophecy, um, we're going to look at three distinct things this morning. We're going to look at um, revelation, interpretation, and application. And we're going to be going around um, those three things. And this morning, I just want to be clear that when it comes to prophecy, there's two types of prophecy, one for individuals and then one for communities or countries or worlds. I'm going to be spending more time in for just individuals because that generally is what we, um, uh, what we deal with on a day-to-day basis. And so um, I'm going to be humbly submitting to you a working definition of what I think is helpful when we think about uh, prophecy. Um, So my definition is this, is prophecy is God communicating to us a foretelling of a future that addresses a current situation. So I think if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of us are a little scared of prophecy. Um, And you know, there's a lot of reasons why that's uh, like that. There's been a lot of mishandling of prophecy in the church throughout history and recent histories particularly. And that's particularly true if you grew up in the church and you might have, um, you know, experienced prophecy in a negative light. Um, And this is really sad because of the way that Paul speaks so highly of prophecy, that he says it's a gift and that it should only benefit us. And then there also might be some of you this morning who have never heard the word prophecy before in your life or you have no idea what it uh, is or what it looks like or this is your very first time like um, learning about it. And if that's you, I'm actually quite excited because hopefully we're going to speak about it in a responsible way. But ultimately, I hope that you all leave here feeling strengthened, encouraged, and actually wanting to go and prophesy because that is what Paul is begging us to do. He's wanting us to seek prophecy because it encourages and it builds up the church. And so um, I've said this before, and many of you know, I grew up in the church from my very first days. 
I grew up in a, uh, my younger years in a very Pentecostal church, very, very, very Pentecostal church. And so I don't remember a lot, but I remember always being scared of prophecy, always, right? It was always something that really, really scared me um, because there was a big chance that my parents were going to end up on the floor doing really weird things, right? Um, and that was very scary for a child. <laughs> and um, I don't know if you've been in those situations, but you know when the preacher will call someone out and then they will anoint them with the Holy Spirit or they will put their hands on them and the power of the Holy Spirit will come on them or they will gently or very heavily nudge them onto the floor, right? It depends who you were dealing with. And um, witnessing that was very, very scary. I remember walking past the sanctuary one um, one morning and I, I just saw past the door that they were laying blankets and towels down and I got this like feeling in the pit of my stomach. I was like, oh no. I was like, they're going to do it again. And I was just like, oh man, I don't know if I'm ready for this. So I was like, if I knew about counseling that thing, I probably would have booked a counselor. Um, but, you know, so it's safe to say that prophecy for a lot of us hasn't always come with the best experiences. But when we read 1 Corinthians, this is definitely not the way in which Paul views prophecy. Paul views prophecy undoubtedly as a really good thing for the church. He wants everyone to be able to prophesy, and he even says it, and he puts it against speaking in tongues. And Paul says here, the reason for this is because it's supposed to strengthen, encourage, and comfort people. Now, these things are really important because they give us a picture of what prophecy should be. Right? They are telling us this is what it's supposed to look like. How many of you have received a super weird prophecy, if you're willing to share? Anyone? Okay, a couple people. Yeah, you've just been like, what was that, right? And you probably didn't feel Lee feeling strengthened, encouraged, encouraged, or comforted, right? Um, or how many of you have maybe gotten a prophecy from a family member who just happens to believe God is telling them that you should break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend because God believes that's not the right person for you, right? You know, something like that. And it's like, is that really God or is that you? Um, so in the vineyard since the beginning, we've always believed and taught that prophecy um, and prophesying should be handled in a way that is always in the realm of the naturally supernatural, meaning we don't have to make it weird, right? John Wimber, the founder, was famous for absolutely de-escalating anything revolving around the Holy Spirit so that we didn't have to over-spiritualize anything that the Spirit was doing because the Spirit is acting through us and, um, and acting naturally through us. So today I want to go a little bit deeper into prophecy, and we're going to look at three aspects of um, prophecy, and specifically revelation, interpretation, and application. And the first one is uh, revelation. And uh, just to be clear, we're not talking about the book of Revelation, so we're not going to be dealing with scary monsters and weird images and apocalyptic language that no one understands, right? Uh and we're not going to be doing any of that. What we're actually doing is we're simply talking about the Holy Spirit communicating to us. This is what revelation is. It's the Holy Spirit revealing something to us that we didn't know before. Revelation, Paul actually talks about Jesus being the ultimate revelation. 
because people were constantly worried about what God was going to, how God was going to come back. The Jewish people wanted to know how God, and they had all these ideas, but none of them were Jesus. And then when Jesus came, it was God revealing to everyone what he was doing, and they didn't know about that before. And so just like the way that God revealed Jesus, God is revealing stuff to us today, something that we didn't know that he's going to reveal to us um, today. And when it comes to God revealing something to us personally, I think a lot of us might be worried about either getting it wrong or, you know, saying, asking, is this really God? And, or is this me just wanting this person to break up with their boyfriend or girlfriend, right? Um, and so I think there's a couple of things that we can ask ourselves when, and we can look at the Bible for when we're talking about revelation. And the first one is, is what we're getting from God within the biblical story? right? God never goes further than the story he's revealed in the Bible. Uh, God won't give us something he hasn't already spoken in the person of Jesus. And this means God always reveals something rooted in Jesus's love for the world and the hope that is to come in the end. God is not trying to instill fear into people and he's not trying to make people feel ashamed. Right? That's really, really important. I don't know about you, but I've been around people who have told people that God has revealed to them that if they don't repent right now, they may die tomorrow. Right? Now, is that comforting? Is that strengthening? Right? No, that's putting fear in people. And it's putting a fear that's really, really, really un- unhealthy. Um, and if you ask me, I'm going to err on the side that when someone says that, that wasn't God talking to them. That really wasn't. And uh, I'm going to bring up John Wimber again, but someone would ask him, because in the early days of the vineyard, people were really scared about this Holy Spirit stuff because it was very new. And someone asked him, well, like, how do you know it's gone too far? How do you know the, what the Spirit is doing is actually the work of the Spirit? And he said, and he held up the Bible, and he said it would never go further than this. And so that's a really get, great indicator for us when we're dealing with revelation and receiving revelation from God, and we can go, is this corresponding to the Bible, or is this going further than the Bible? And then secondly, prophecy is about foretelling of a current situation. So we can ask ourselves, is this something that God is showing us about a future event that's going to affect someone in their current place? And so because of this, what's important about this is that it's not really about the details, right? I think this is often where people go wrong. I grew up in a Christian family, and the reason why I'm a Christian today, one of the big reasons is because my grandfather, when he was 40 years old, had a radical conversion, and he came to know Jesus. And ever since then, he was one of the most faithful people I've ever met, faithful Christians. He was part of a prison ministry. He became an elder in the church. And um, he was a very faithful Christian. But at the same time, I also remember going to his house and him telling me the exact date and time when Jesus was going to return. Right? He would be like, I'm, this is when Jesus has revealed to me. This is when Jesus is returning. And I would go, wow, that's, I was actually quite scared. I was like, <laughs> what do, I, do I need to prepare? And then the, t- the, the time would come. And then two weeks later, he would get a, another revelation. 
And so I think this is very important, is that within the biblical narrative, we actually don't see God giving specific dates and times. And Jesus even says this when the disciples say to him, we want to know when you're coming back. Jesus says, it is not for you to know that, but only the Father is to know. And so that's, again, going back to, is it going further than the Bible? And so if you're getting a specific date and time, you can go, well, I, you know, that's probably going a bit too far, right? That's going further than what the Bible and what Jesus has been doing in his um in his uh, ministry. And then thirdly, does this lead to fulfillment or redemption? Why? I'm going to go back to number one. And this is because redemption is the biblical narrative, right? In the end, everything in the cosmos is redeemed and everything is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And so this trickles down into our own individual stories, right? Our stories are one of redemption and fulfillment, We are being redeemed, and we will be redeemed, and we will find fulfillment in the end with Jesus. But this also finds itself placed in our individual stories and our current circumstances. And so God is constantly communicating that overarching narrative and story and works out in specific communities and individuals. I've never been involved in a prophecy revolving around redemption, but I have recently been part of one revolving around fulfillment, and it was actually one directed right to me um, up in our church at Vancouver Vineyard. Uh, Rose and Rich Sweatman came and preached, and it was wonderful, and at the end of the service, Rose um, had a prophecy for me, and he decided that the best way to do it would be to call me out in front of everyone and ask me to stand up. Anyone else's nightmare? That happening? Okay, cool. So that happened to me, um, and I trusted Rich enough, so I was like, I trust Rich, and I know him, and that's why he did it. But he called me out, and Irene and I had been in a in a long process of discernment about a decision we had to make, and we just were desperate to hear something from God, absolutely desperate. We were like, Jesus, please, we just need to hear you on this, and we hadn't heard anything. And... Um, I haven't told Irene this, but in my heart, I had made a decision and um, at that point. And Rich just gave me this prophecy where he said that I was at a, uh, a – I was – he saw a ship and it was at a port and I was onboarding tools to which at some point in the future I would be leaving. And it was so confirming to me and it just spoke to me directly about the current situation I ha- was in. He was telling me about a foretelling about a future in my future that directly affected my current situation. And it was a story of fulfillment, and it's a story of God saying to me that he is going to fulfill the current situation that I'm currently in. And so that is something that is along the lines of the way God speaks. Rich didn't tell me a specific date or time. He didn't say, Wesley, on January 22nd, 2024, this is going to happen. But he gave me this picture of a future that directly affected me. And right after that, I don't know if you've had this, I felt so much closer to God. I felt seen by God. I felt loved by God. I felt heard by God. And that's what prophecy does. And so when we have this um, structure or this sort of... um, uh, grounding to help us think about prophecy, we can move forward to interpreting it. And so if you, um, if you um, 
I don't know how God speaks to you, and this is hopefully something you'll do, but, you know, for me, I get this um, sense. Um, Irene is a feeler, and God speaks to her through feelings. Other people get visions. Other people get pictures. But God is going to speak to us individually in our own ways. And then our job as well when we're prophesying for someone is that we're also going to interpret it. And now this is the scary part, right? Because it's easy to go, this is what I hear God saying, but there's also this part where God gives us space to interpret that, right? And he's giving us something to interpret. And so how do we think about interpretation when God has revealed something? And the first one is to say this, will this direct someone to their current situation being fulfilled or redeemed. So when we're getting this picture, we can ask ourselves, is my interpretation of this going to direct someone in their current situation? Is it going to be redeemed or is it going to be fulfilled? Maybe someone is going through a really tough time and maybe they've had something tragic in their life or something someone has wronged them or they have done something wrong or the enemy is doing something in their lives right is what you have received and the way you interpreted it is it going to lead them to finding redemption in that situation that they're in right that's a good question that we can ask ourselves or is it going to be fulfilled like the example that that i gave and then the next thing we can ask do you think my interpretation will draw someone closer to god do we think that this is going to lead someone instantly to feel closer to God, to feel seen by God, to feel loved by God, right? Will the people feel like they have been heard by God? And this interpretation part is risky, and I'm not going to lie. In the vineyard, we have this um, saying called faith is spelled R-A-S-K. And the reason is because we are making a risk for the benefit of someone else, right? This is not about us. This is for the benefit of someone else. So we can risk being wrong because of the reward that will come with being right, right? It's okay to be wrong, and that's really important. It's okay to fail because this is not about us. This is about the other person and what God is doing in their life. If you get it wrong, that's okay. But if you get it right, gosh, that could be life-changing for someone, right? And so we always want to lean into taking a risk, a responsible risk, and this is why we go through this, But we want to take a risk because that could be so impactful for someone's life. Just like it was for mine a couple months ago, right? The change that could happen in someone's life because we were willing to take a risk and we were willing to be wrong. And then that, um, when we've done the interpretation part and we've done all of that, the next comes to application and so once we've uh, made a decision and we go okay yeah i think i'm actually going to say this and i'm going to be really scared and by the way i don't think that feeling ever goes away i don't i don't know maybe people much older than me more mature than me looking at bill and katie knight or uh i don't but from what i've heard is that the being scared maybe you get used to it but it doesn't fully always go away and so if we if we expect it to just go away I don't think we'll ever get there, but it's okay to do something scared. That doesn't have to stop us. And so when we come to actually talking to someone about a prophecy or something like that, there's um, certain handlebars that we can actually use when we do that. And the first one is this, um, language matters. And I'll give you an example. Have you ever, has God ever gotten a word for you? I mean, has someone gotten a word for you and they say this? 
God says you need to do this, right? God says you need to do this in order for this to happen. A slightly better way to say it would be, I feel God is saying this. I sense God is saying this. And the reason why we say that and the reason why that language matters and is important because we're, we're admitting two things. We're admitting, one, that God is perfect and that God's word is perfect. And number two, we're admitting that we're imperfect and that we can get things wrong and that this is part of the, the Christian life. It's not a straight line. Right? It's not like, oh, we're just going to go along this and everything's going to work out perfectly. Because if you think that's going to happen, we will be praying for you. But that is not what the Christian life is. The Christian life is about Jesus coming to be with imperfect people and bringing his kingdom amongst imperfect people. And if that's good enough for Jesus, that's good enough for me. I'm not going to try and make the situation perfect if Jesus isn't. Right? And so when we say that, we can say that with a sense of humility. We are saying to someone, this is what I sense, I could be wrong. But I also think I could be right. And I also think this could be what God is saying. And then the second thing we can do is we can check in. And this is going back to what I said about we don't need to over-spiritualize it. Not everything has to line up perfectly. We could stumble over our words. We could be a hot mess. We could be really nervous. We could be super anxious when we're doing this. Guess what? That's not going to stop God from working. Right? When we're feeling anxious, I'm not saying, I don't want to say just stop being anxious. I want to say to you, God can use you in your anxiety. God can use you in your fear. God can use you when you're scared. Right? God's not going to stop. Again, because it's not about us, it's about God and what he's doing in someone's life. And so it's okay to check in, be like, hey, is this connecting with you? Is this what I feel God is revealing to me and how I'm interpreting it? Is this connecting with you? Um, and they can go, no, I have no idea what you're talking about, dude. This is a bit weird. And you go, oh, <laughs> okay. And then you like run home and cry. No, I'm just joking. But... Um, but you're going to check in, and you might surprise yourself, right? More often than not, when I've checked in, it about I would say roughly about 70% of the time is my average, is that God is actually saying something to that person, and that actually that person is connecting to some level. It might not be perfect. I had a prophecy for someone, and I had an interpretation for it, and the dude was like, yes, this is it, this is it. And then when he told me the way he interpreted it afterwards was a little bit different, <laughs> right? But the point is, is that it connected with him and it spoke to him. And he was able to go, yes, this is how God is speaking to me. And so check in with someone. Another thing, um, I'm a chaplain. And so one of the things that we constantly are going through as chaplains is talking about feelings, right? And how neglected feelings are. So it's also okay to ask someone how they're feeling. That might be a way God is speaking to them. Are they feeling encouraged? Are they feeling strengthened? Are they feeling comforted? And the last one is this one, is pray. Um, this is pretty central to being a Christian. Um, I'm not going to lie, praying is pretty important. I can't sidestep that issue, right? And so if that, if you get to that stage, whether it's connecting them or whether it's not, but if it is connecting with them, a good idea would be to go up and just pray what God is doing, to bless what God is doing in that person's life. And maybe if you feel like God is sensing that he actually wants to speak more, give space for that. 
Like make sure you give space for the Holy Spirit to continue to speak into this person's life. Okay, awesome. Oh my gosh, I got it done in 20 minutes. This is, oh, you are so welcome, you know. Um, so why don't, we, why don't we stand together? My first sermon was 45 minutes, so it's taken four years, but... first sermon out of seminary is always the worst and I'm sorry for people who had to witness that because we've just got to get three years out of knowledge and you poor souls are the people who have to suffer through that so um, just as a side note um, I appreciate all the grace and if you ever find yourself in that situation again grace is important Um, but let's pray let's just do what um what I've just been speaking about, and let's just give room for the Holy Spirit to speak to us right now. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come. No pretense, no hype, nothing. We know that you don't need us to hype you up, but we know that you are working in this room already and that you are already working in people's hearts. And so I just ask that you reveal anything right now to people if you need to reveal it. getting a sense that there's some people this morning that um, that are feeling very hopeless and there's a sense that we're the world is sort of gearing up to getting back to normal but you are not in that same place and that actually you don't feel like there's hope um, and that you're feeling really negative and that you feel very distant from God and that you have a lot of doubt because you felt like God hasn't spoken to you recently and that you don't feel heard by God and if that's you this morning and while everyone's heads are bowed if you are someone who is feeling like your story or your situation is hopeless I just just want you to take a risk and put up your hand if that's you, if you're feeling distant from God. If you feel like you have just had no way of hearing God, if you don't feel like you have been heard by God, I just want you to raise your hand this morning. Everyone's heads are bowed. Let's just pray and bless them. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you draw close to us, that you hear us. And we just pray that you come and give these people hope. I pray that you fill them with your love for them, 
that they may know that they are seen, that they know that they are valued, and that you are not far away from them, that you are close to them, that you are connected to them, that you love them. We just bless what you are doing in these people's lives. We bless that you are working in their lives. And at the end of the day, there is hope and there is redemption in you. Even when we may be confused, even when we don't see it, you do. So we thank you for that, Father. We thank you, Jesus. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you so much. For those of you who are interested in the Mexico trip, Doug will be in the thing. And for the rest of you, blessings. So good seeing everyone again.